0: gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told Thomas, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, Jesus' disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "'Peace be with you.' Then he said to Thomas, "'Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe.' Thomas answered Jesus, "'My Lord and my God.' Jesus said to Thomas, "'Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe now jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book but these are written so that you may come to believe that jesus is the messiah the son of god and through believing might have life in his name the gospel of the lord Amen. Blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. Does that mean blessed are those with blurry vision? In 2017, New York Times columnist Frank Bruni woke up to blurry vision. And from that moment on, his life changed forever. He says there was a dappled fog over the right side of my field of vision. And I thought for hours that there must be some gunk in my eye, or I had drunk too much the night before. Then I thought, oh no, it's my glasses. I just need to clean them, they're foggy. And on and on, until later in the day, he realized there was something wrong Beyond all that. Bruni was 52 years old then. He would never regain his vision in that eye. He had experienced a rare kind of stroke that permanently damaged the optic nerve. And there was a large chance that another stroke would impact his good eye. As you can imagine, at age 52, the news brought shock and terror, and it led him to do some emotional, spiritual, psychological inner work. You see, he had a choice. He could fixate on what was lost or focus on the blessings that still remained. I was determined, Frank declares, determined to show myself that I could adapt to whatever was going to happen. You could say that Frank Bruni learned how to see in new ways, how to believe, how to have faith. Blessed are those with blurry vision. Who would have thought? I'm now reading that book by Frank Bruni, very inspiring, called The Beauty of Dusk on Vision Lost and Found. He writes that sometimes these days, he's taking in visual information that he didn't before. He writes, I'm focusing on certain details with my one good eye that I missed with my two good eyes. An example of how nimble our brains and our bodies can be when circumstances demand it. Because as we age, He writes, and some of us learn that sooner than others, we're all going to lose certain physical potencies and be asked to make certain adjustments and compensations. You could say that there's a lot of blur in today's gospel. The disciples are filled with fear as they gather behind locked doors on Easter evening trying to make sense of Jesus' death. It's not what they expected, not what they hoped for. But then they can't believe their eyes. Is this really Jesus among them, showing them his wounds, speaking words of peace, commissioning them to be his body in the world? The blur of grief turns to resurrection joy except for Thomas. Thomas was not with them. Thomas, who appears every Easter on the second Sunday after Easter, asking the hard questions, demanding proof, revealing doubt and uncertainty. Thomas, the patron saint, maybe of all of us, who need assurance that blurry vision is part of spiritual maturity and actually leads to deeper faith, and a different kind of seeing, a different kind of clarity. Now, you know the story. Thomas says, unless unless I see and touch the wounds, I will not believe. Thomas and the others are with Jesus a week later, today, more or less. Jesus invites him to see and touch the wounds, and there's no more blur resurrection grief, the grief turns to resurrection joy. He sees with the eyes of faith. And for this one, who has been known as the doubter for 2,000 years, Thomas makes one of the strongest declar- declarations in the entire Bible. Five words, my Lord and my God. So what do you think are the primary symbols of Easter. We should ask some of the boys and girls with us today. Some of them are dressed up in the back for an occasion of Easter. So what is the primary symbol of Easter to boys and girls? Could it be a lily? Could it be an egg? Could it be a bunny? Maybe a chocolate bunny, even better. Or should we go more religious, a sunrise, a cross? Extra points for the Easter candle, the Paschal candle. But do you think anybody would mention scars, wounds as the symbol of Easter? And yet that's what we have today. Wounds is a symbol of Jesus' suffering and death, reminding us that cross and resurrection, terror and beauty, I've heard that many times this week, sorrow and joy are forever intertwined. What about the scars you carry, the wounds we all bear? Our response to life's most painful moments can be a kind of blur for us, but is there a blessing as well? I want to tell you about another awesome book called, listen to this title, The Disabled God Toward a Liberatory Theology of disability by Nancy Iceland. You see, by the time Nancy was 13, she had had 11 operations for a congenital bone defect in her hips. Pain would be her lot for her entire life. You would think someone like that would just want to go to heaven where her body would be perfect. There would be no more pain that's not how she saw it. Instead, she accepted her physical limitations that they were part of her identity. And without this disability, she says she would be unknown to herself and unknown to God. Whoa! In fact, Iceland uses the resurrection accounts where Jesus shows his disciples his scars. To make a surprising assertion. In presenting his impaired body to his startled friends, the resurrected Jesus reveals the disabled God. The risen Christ still bears wounds. His injury is still part of him as our wounds, our scars are part of us. And there just could be a hidden blessing in that. In fact, for Frank Bruni, his blurry vision led him to learn, to see, to perceive all the different kinds of pain that everyone was carrying. He admits this was a kind of blessed development the doctors didn't tell him about. Other people suddenly became into sharper focus for him. He learned how all of us project a public persona with all our accomplishments, denying the illusion that everything is okay. But he makes the point, we have our private messes, We have our fears, we have our struggles, but also our triumph and resiliency. Bruni tells stories of people that he learned to see with new eyes and the blessing that emerged from blurry vision. Dear friends, on this second Sunday of Easter, Amid our doubts, amid our fears, amid our blurry vision, the risen Christ appears to us. A week ago, we baptized adults, Corey and Ben, into this faith. This morning, we baptize Margot and Jack in these same waters. For here, in this place, our eyes are opened. We see the cross. We see the reality of life, the scars of life, the suffering in Ukraine, in this city, in the world, in this neighborhood, in ourselves. And even when we can't quite see it, week by week we gather at this Easter feast of victory, for there we will indeed be blessed. Amen.